This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. For this evening's Top 10, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me, as always, the amazing Brittany. How are you doing? I'm great. It feels a little different. I'm not, you know, laying downstairs while talking. I'm actually at my, um, how do you say, I don't want to say studio, uh, like, streaming room i guess i guess that's what we'll call it your streaming room yes that is a great place to do these podcasts i mean it's like your working room it's your office pretty much yes my office step into my office (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it um this feels a little strange because i mean not that so the listeners will probably be listening to this on sunday that's probably when we're posting it but Brittany and i are actually recording it on a thursday and this feels very odd to me i don't know if it feels any odd to you Brittany. it does feel a little odd it makes me feel like um i should be getting ready for you know going on a trip or you know getting ready to go do something and i'm like oh it's nighttime and it's midweek uh a little surprising <laughs> a trip uh, Brittany's a traveler of the world here she always has something going on hey at least at least it's easy to social distance when you're floating on a river <laughs> that is very true that is very true but um Yeah, we have a great episode tonight for you guys. We are kind of doing the same format that we did a few weeks ago, which for the life of... Oh, yes, we did the best and worst dads, right, for Father's Day. And we are doing the top 10 best and worst Disney movies. Um, So kind of splitting it up here, getting the best of both worlds, even though five of them are going to be worse. But, yeah... um, (laughs) This format seemed to work really well for us when we did the Father's Day one, so I think that this is a good format to kind of follow every once in a while, and Brittany suggested this topic today, so let's just dive in. I think it's best to start with the worst, you know, and then end in a high note, so Brittany from 10 to 6, let's go through the worst Disney movies, and you're going to start us off with number 10. I think I, I keep looking at it, and what's hard is I, I'll preface this by saying it was hard to choose which one would be the of the worst because genuinely I enjoy most Disney movies, but if I'm, I'm going from what I think is the worst in comparison, and I did not care for Dumbo as a kid. <gasps> I know. Brittany! Dumbo, I'm sorry, because it scared me as a child. Uh, like, okay, you know the scene with all the, like the ghost elephants like floating around, and then like the like enslaved mother like uh, hugging her child through the bars because you know when she gets protected, like it was just it was heartbreaking as a child. 
it was creepy because of the circus. Like, I just, I didn't feel that attachment. Like, I just, like, obviously Dumbo was very cute, right? Like, in the setup, and maybe I would like it more as an adult, because I have not seen it in so long. But for, like, if we're going to, maybe not the worst, but my least favorite is probably going to be Dumbo, because of the trauma as a child, uh, being freaked out by it. And maybe, and it was an older Disney films, and they were a little more abrupt, but, um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dumbo. I'm sorry to break your heart, Tia. <sighs> that does. You could counter argue. Uh, you could counter argue. I mean, I don't like say want to disagree with you because it's your preference. It's what you you know like or dislike. But I personally loved Dumbo as a kid. Um, obviously growing older and being more educated, you realize that there are some racial stereotypes in the movie, aka with the crows, that you did not realize when you were a kid, but as far as the story itself, like, yeah, it was tragic, but I feel like that's why I liked it so much, because it, you know, to me at least, I felt like Disney cartoons back in the day weren't as sensitive in that like they weren't afraid to show a story like that like I mean think about we got Bambi which (laughs) they killed the mom you know in Bambi so they weren't afraid to have little children like cry pretty much during a movie so I think that's why I liked it obviously it was hard as a child to watch something like that but I did like it. I liked the animation style. And, of course, you know, Dumbo, it was very cute. But I will say it's been a really long time since I've watched Dumbo. So, you know, maybe my perception would change. I always say this that, um, oh, God, there was this movie, like, not The Princess and the Frog, something like Princess and the Goblin or something. That oh, was The Black an- Cauldron? Um, was that it? Look, I'm going to look it up while I'm talking, but there was a cartoon movie that I absolutely loved as a child, right? And I remember loving it so much and my mom going, oh, I don't know why you liked... Oh, yeah, it was literally called The Princess and the Goblin. Okay, I loved this movie as a kid. I remember in my head loving it, watching it all the time on VHS, and my mom would say, I don't know why you like that. It's so terrible. And I was like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And then I think when I was, like, maybe in my late teens, early 20s, I decided to break it out and, I guess, try to relive some sort of nostalgia. And I put it on, and I was like, this is terrible. No wonder my mom said this. This is really bad. So... Maybe it would be one of those things where I'd look back at Dumbo and dislike it because of the, you know, racial stereotypes and the, you know, story. But I'm going to say from my nostalgic memory, I did like Dumbo. I think what freaked me out about it is that I think I was, was so young when I watched it that I think if I watched it now as an adult, I would be able to enjoy it more. But I think as a kid, between, like, the animal abuse, you know, Miss Jumbo, you know, the mom, 
and her abuse and it's like and like the creepy trippiness that like gets thrown in i just it freaked me out as a kid and i feel bad because but, but that's the thing is i was looking at worst disney movies and everyone that ended up on the very worst list were the ones i loved the most and i'm like <laughs> well am i wrong am i wrong or or is the list wrong and i'm just sitting there staring at it like no it's they're wrong <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about exactly there i also tried to look at the list and even i have a list in front of me and you're right when you look at it you you say to yourselves i i liked these movies what are they talking about but uh, i guess that just goes to show it really is just a you know it's whatever your taste is i suppose Oh, I'm sorry to break your heart, Tia. I actually you did kind of break. I just, I just, I broke your heart, Tia. You did kind of break my heart, but you it's like okay. That yeah. little kid, like where the little boy gets poked in the chest, and um, he gets poked in the chest, and he's like, "You broke it. You poked my heart." That's you. I'm just saying. I like Dumbo, but anyone who's listening, you let you let me know. Did you like Dumbo? Did you not like Dumbo? Is Brittany right or am I right? Please say I'm, I'm right. right. But I'm always right. You know what I will say, even though I didn't actually watch this movie, I would probably say that if we wanted to mention the 2019 Dumbo that came out, I believe that got very poor reviews, and uh, Ryan even saw that, and he said it was awful. I have not seen it, but I hear it was awful. We'll just count that one. How's that, Tia? We'll we, count we can, that. We can come to a middle middle ground. <laughs> I love you. Um, but yeah, so Dumbo is the number 10 in our little worst category. I'm going to hit the number 9. And so we did... Disney movies, right? And we didn't specify whether they would be animated or live action. So I do have some live action here. And I will remind people that this is a Disney property. And I am going to put Star Wars The Last Jedi. And I think... I'm coming for it, man. I'm coming for it. So uh, I believe The Last Jedi would be counted as episode eight because they ended with episode nine rise of skywalker and yeah last jedi came out before that so yeah uh for all those who don't know there was like a deal where disney pretty much bought the star wars property from george lucas years ago and the the latest three movies are disney properties so the force awakens the last jedi and rise of skywalker and Rogue One, actually, are Disney property, right? Uh-huh. So technically a Disney movie. Um, I wasn't ever, say, the biggest fan of Star Wars, but I've seen all of the Star Wars movies. I saw the original trilogy, which I actually went back and rewatched not too long ago, and it pretty much still stands up. Um, the first two, especially, graphics were really good considering the error. I actually am one of those people... I'm actually one of those people who like the prequels with Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi um, and Rogue One is honestly like just such such a good example of movie making if they could only make all the others just like it. But 
I digress. I'm just trying to set up a scene here. So, I obviously saw The Force Awakens in the theaters. I did not see The Last Jedi. I know that there was so much controversy surrounding it. Uh, People literally called for Ryan Johnson to be kicked out, who is the director of The Last Jedi. Fans were demanding that that Disney literally redo The Last Jedi, which I would say is crazy, but consider... I would say it's crazy, but considering Warner Brothers is allowing Zack Snyder to redo pretty much Justice League, I guess nothing is crazy anymore. But at the time, it seemed crazy that literally there were petitions that fans were signing to redo The Last Jedi. The actress, um, Kelly Marie, I I forget her full name, but she literally left frickin' social media because of how much she was harassed. I'm just setting the stage here, right? I had never seen The Last Jedi, but I just know it it tore the shit out of fans. So I get Disney+, and it's on there, and I decide one day, let's check this out. Holy shit. Oh, no. Was it that bad? It's a dumpster fire and this is coming from someone who is not say a star wars purist right because that was the thing i would talk to people you know i would talk to some people who kind of like the last jedi and they would say you know it pisses off um diehard star wars fans because it really went against the canon and the mythos right so me yeah. as someone who really wasn't a big fan i was like well maybe i'll like it because i don't really care about the mythos or anything like that Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So bad. it had potential, right? The The beginning scene was, like, good. It was the rebellion, you know, and this, like, one girl makes, like, a sacrifice to, you know, for her life to make sure that they destroy this one ship. And it, like, started out really cinematic. And I'm like, oh, I like this so far. What's I like everyone this. Talking? <laughs> What's everyone talking about? Then it just went all downhill. I mean, it was, oh, like, no. part- it was cartoonish, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to disrespect Kelly Marie. You know, she seems like a good person. I don't, I don't believe in any sort of online harassment to actors at all. The character scene, Mary Sue, I don't know what they were doing with the core three, with Ray and Finn and Poe, uh, all so cartoonish uh, behaving. And then you bring in, say, like, Luke Skywalker, right? And his whole thing was that, like, now Ray wants uh, Luke to train um, her. But he's so over it, right? He's just so, he doesn't want to do any of that, which is fine. But the way he was acting was so unnatural feeling to me. It was awkward. It was uncomfortable. At some point, he, like, milks this freaking weird creature that like milks like green milk out and like yeah it disgusted me so much um and then you have like you know a bunch of people freaked out because there was a scene where luke you know i don't know if you remember the force awakens but ray you know meets up with luke and hands him his lightsaber well it starts off that way the movie you know at that point and luke literally tosses the lightsaber over his shoulder which i guess was kind of cool but still like what the fuck like literally ryan johnson just 
like did decide to just spit in the face of canon. And I'm not saying that because I'm offended or anything, because I'm not, but <laughs> he certainly didn't make friends in the Star Wars community. And it, I just couldn't believe that this movie was made. I was watching it, and I said to myself, I cannot believe that this was approved for a theatrical release. It was incredibly um, just so poorly made, so just was confusing. It and then, like, was it just, it was just done? Oh, and then, oh, oh, God, I'm not even getting to, like, the crazy parts, right? So then you have, like, Ray and Kylo Ren, and pretty much for most of the movie, they're, like, communicating with each other, even though they're not in front of each other. And Kylo's pretty much trying to get her to the dark side. Um, and, you know, she's... And there's at some point, right, it's a very serious moment, you know, right? They're not in front of each other, but, it, again, they're communicating with each other, but they can see each other, right? Um, and Kylo is shirtless, which, you know, they just said to themselves, oh, well, Adam Driver has a fit bod, let's throw that in. But they're having this, like, serious conversation, and suddenly Ray's like, um, um, can you, like put a shirt on or something what what oh, and i'm like oh when she's supposed to be like oh, the badass like, female protagonist but that oh this manly body oh it just makes me stutter you have to cover it, makes it. You stutter cover yeah oh god so bad and then at some point they have to work together and like that was kind of a cool moment. I know I'm like going really into it, but I just still can't believe this movie was made. Um, and you know, there like it was such bad acting and I've talked to you about this before on podcasts where I'm like, you know, I kind of like Adam driver. Now I see him as a good actor and very talented and he, you know, I feel like he was putting in the most work in this movie. Like, he was putting in the most work. But still, I hated the whole idea. Because, you know, in The in the Force Awakens, right, uh, Kylo Ren kills his, his dad, um, Han Solo. Yeah. But in this one, it's like there's the vendetta against Luke and Kylo Ren. And you find out, spoiler, I guess, that the whole reason why it started is because Luke was in charge of watching over Kylo Ren when Han Solo was out, I don't know, traversing around the galaxy being a hoe. And Luke was supposed to train Kylo because the Force was flowing through him. But one night, Luke was standing over Kylo and he could feel such a dark energy from... Kylo and Luke did take out his lightsaber but he realized that no this is still my nephew like let me stop but Kylo opened his eyes at that point perceiving Luke as a threat and then they fought and so that's like the big shtick between them um I I swear I'm like coming to a conclusion here Brittany I'm just like reliving it and so then there's at some point, this is, this is the real kicker, right? Because it's supposed to be, you know, Luke, he's such this great fighter, right? We're going to see this epic battle between him, you know, lightsabers, which I have to say, I'm sorry. I've, I didn't see Rise of Skywalker, but I saw Force Awakens and I saw Last Jedi. And there was barely any lightsaber fights at all. This is why the prequels reign supreme, because those lightsaber fights were fucking epic. But... 
I digress. So there's at some point where Kylo and all of his army go to this beach, and there's Luke standing in the middle of the beach, ready to go face-to-face, and Kylo's just like, fire! And all this friggin' gunfire goes, and you're sitting there going, there is no way in ever-loving hell that he could survive that. Well, the dust settles, and there's Luke, and he pretty much dusts off his shoulder, literally dusts off his shoulder, and then you realize he's not really there. He's just projecting himself there because he's old, and he can't fight anymore. And I'm just like, and then there was another thing and another thing and blah, 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 blah. Oh, Luke dies, too. You know, they killed Luke Skywalker. Um, So, yeah. I know that was a lot. It, it was a, like a, a mess, an absolute mess. It was a mess. I swear I watched it, and the whole time, again, the only thing I was thinking was, how was this an actual movie? How did this touch, like, any sort of drawing board or approval? You know, because you got to get approval from these freaking studio heads for shit like this. And you're telling me that that happened and i'm sorry it was it was so bad oh one last thing one last thing so oh no there's more it's already sounds so bad though so finn right one of the characters john boyega's character finn ends up having to work with that girl kelly tran or something has to work with her the whole uh movie so unnatural. They do a bunch of shit that was just so random and whatever. Those scenery were just so not Star Wars. And then they randomly kiss at some point. It was so forced. Like, the, nothing was leading up to that at all. And they kissed each other. And it was so awkward. I, I felt like bad for Captain the actors. America kissing, um, oh, Carter. No. No, no, no. That was more warranted and more, like, believable than oh, this shit. No. I didn't mind cat kissing Sharon. I, I mean, looking back at it, when you sit there, you're like, okay, they, that's really random, but I feel like they just wanted him to say, move on, but then it's him going back to Peggy, and I just want that conversation to happen where Cap was like, so, in the future, just to let you know, I kissed your niece. <laughs> it's like, will that niece still exist, though, at that point? Oh... I think it's a different timeline. I don't know. That was a little confusing. I don't know. That's going to start getting things kind of complicated. But, you know, Sharon Carter is coming back for the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. And I wonder if, like, they're going to try and do something with her and Bucky or something now. Like, I don't fucking know. Anyway, that's off subject. I'm sorry. I rambled on forever. But, yes, The Last Jedi. Oh, man. I don't think I can be as uh, aggressive with the movies that I dislike as much as awful as that was. I feel beaten, Tisha. As soon as we decided that it was Disney, I was like, that's right. That's a Disney movie. It's going on the list. (laughs) It's going on the list. I know. Every time I look at the films, I'm I'm like, God, I like that movie, though. And I like this movie. And I like this movie, and I'm like, maybe I just mildly dislike a lot of these. But I have my reasoning for it. Of course, of course. I just 
thought that the last Jedi was terrible, and I had you to rant about it. See how bad it is. I feel like I honestly just need to watch it now just to understand your pain. How much of my soul do I have to sacrifice for it, though? Like half of your soul. Like, definitely half. I I can't spare that much. You know what the thing is? And so I saw The Last Jedi, like, a while ago. And then I only saw, what, Rogue One recently? And, but now that I've seen Rogue One, it makes me sit there and go, so you, so a lot of people have been saying that since Disney has bought out Star Wars that everything's been shit. And a lot has been shit. But Rogue One was amazing. Like, such a perfect example of great storytelling, executing it properly, great actors, the costumes, setups, yada yada, right? And then The Mandalorian is an insanely good show. So I'm like, how do you have that you have those two projects that are so good, but then, like, to me, you know, The Force Awakens was just subpar, Last Jedi was a dumpster fire, Rise of Skywalker, people weren't happy with. And then you had that Han Solo solo movie that people were saying. Like, that movie was so bad that literally Disney had a shit ton of solo Star Wars movies planned. And they literally scrapped every single one of them because that movie did so awful. Jeez. I mean, I mean, I guess they shot themselves in the foot, right? I feel bad because I'm like, I'm at an 11 with this, and you're probably sitting there going, like, okay, Tia, stop getting this crazy about it, but I can't help it. No, I completely get you. I completely understand. I'm just... It- I, I want to watch it, though. I want to <laughs> watch it. It sounds so bad. I want to watch it. Thank you. Well, okay. Let me put it this way. Justice League was better. <gasps> no. No, Tia, you don't mean that. <laughs> I you would, don't mean that. If you sat there and you said for $1 million, you either have to watch Justice League or The Last Jedi again, I would say put on Justice League. Oh. Oh, Okay. holy shit Tia I know I know so yeah that's my number 9 but let's move on from the world of Star Wars and let's hop into number 8 your pick I'm sitting there and I'm just I'm looking at it I'm wondering to myself because I don't want to get hate for any of these so I am going to go ahead and roll into and it's not just the song that I hate, okay? I'm going to go with Frozen. Oh, my God. That was kind of on my list, too, but I never saw it. I just wanted to put it on it to have it on the list. So I'm glad you you have it here. I don't know if it's just because I've gotten older. But the story itself, you know, it's great. You have uh, Elsa, who has her ice powers and has been shut off from the world because she can't control them. And she's afraid of, you know, that secret getting out, basically, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, she accidentally hurt her little sister, nearly killed her, you know, uh, Anna. And so, you know, she's definitely, we have an older princess turning into a queen. They, They lose their parents, right? 
And you have the setup of, like, you know, the sister wants to instantly get married, like, five seconds into meeting this guy because she's never had anybody in her life, right? And so mm-hmm. instantly, and her sister's like, are you stupid? You know, don't do that. And I think it had a lot of great stuff into it. It just felt like, it felt like it didn't have a soul, if that makes sense. It felt like, for me, when I had watched, say, like, Hercules, right? You mm-hmm. felt attached to Hercules. You got to see him from point A to point B, make the ultimate sacrifices. You know, you felt super attached. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just because I'm older. It felt like it almost felt to me like you know the music is great, the actors that like the voice actors amazing, but the but the story itself felt lackluster for such what it could have been and I think everybody also is afraid uh, is tired of hearing let it go or do you want to build a snowman and I'm telling you like I have two uh, baby cousins and they each were like uh, they both wanted to be Elsa they both uh, they were like Brittany did we lose Brittany suddenly? Say, you know, I'm just throwing out some names there. Brittany. Brittany. Um, it's not like Tarzan. Do you hear me, yeah. Brittany? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, we lost you for like a solid 40 seconds. Oh, no. I've just been talking. Uh, we're having a bad storm over here. It might be affecting my internet. Oh, okay. I was literally sitting there going, did we lose Brittany? And then suddenly, like, you picked back up, and I was like, did she not hear me say, like, Brittany? Brittany? No. Brittany? I just now you go, Brittany, and I was like, oh, okay. I was basically saying that the story didn't feel like it had a soul quite like, say, Tarzan or Hercules and all of those. It just felt... I don't know. I guess to me it felt kind of empty. Like, it's very cute. It's very, like, you know, kids will love it. But compared to other films we've had, and what's hard for me is I'm going off of a lot of the animated films and not, like, Mm -hmm. the live actions and everything. Because especially those I have such... I'm so biased with this. That's why I just have to speak up and be like, I am extremely biased because... I don't like the best of movies, but there's some that when you grow up with it, it just, it just has to be there. I feel like you and I grew up during like the golden age of the animated Disney movies. Like we had such great ones and I feel like now that they're all, uh, you know, CGI or something like that, that it's so few and far in between that there's actually a good one. And it feels like, doesn't feel like how we grew up and how we had these certain sort of animated movies. But I have never seen Frozen, but like you, I got very tired of the songs. And I also didn't like the narrative that it was that, you know, oh, this is the first time that they're was a female protagonist in a Disney movie and didn't center around a romance or anything like that. And to me, I got offended because I said to myself, did they not see Mulan? What about Lilo and Stitch? Um, I 
understand that there hasn't been many, but to completely disregard and kind of have this narrative that this is like such a progressive and, um, you know, stigma shattering movie kind of to me, I didn't like that. It rode me a little the wrong way and it kind of made me not want to see it even more. And I felt like that then that movie was riding on that sort of thing to be successful instead of just producing a good movie. That's what I felt like. I felt like they wrote in everything that was needed for a great movie to sell, but didn't mm-hmm. put the heart into it. Yeah, it was like care- like the the marketing team put this together and said, this is how we'll be able to market it we instead of just female lead. We have uh, <laughs> an actual adult in it. You know, the oldest queen, I think she was like 21 or at least, yeah, like something like that. Like it was a big deal. And they're like, we have a girl with powers, winning her independence and not being afraid anymore. We have a romance that's being natural. It was like they threw in everything they needed, but it was still very weird. And I will say that the first Frozen came out in 2013, and the movie Brave came out in 2012, and didn't Brave also have a strong female lead who, you know, was determined to break gender stereotypes yeah. and be her own yeah. warrior? So how are you going to completely disregard Brave? This is what I'm talking about. I hated the narrative around Frozen, the way they marketed because I'm sitting there going, you guys really don't pay attention, do you then? To you, this is just a marketing ploy because if you actually knew anything about it, it's like, this is going to be very political, this statement, but I don't give a fuck. It's like when Trump congratulated that one woman astronaut saying about, you know, congratulations of being the first woman in space. And she was like, women Uh, have been in space since like the 60s. Or have you been? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't even hear about that. Did I I I get... Did I get too political there? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was just laughing. I was just laughing at that. I think that's very fair. I think political or not, it happened. And it was ridiculous, so you might as well, like, accept that. You know what I mean? I don't think there's much politic into it. I'm just saying that's what it kind of made me think of. So I think that Frozen is warranted to be on this list. Did you see Frozen 2? I have not. I heard it. it's not as good as Frozen 1, which, to be fair, I did enjoy Frozen. I did enjoy the songs initially. I just felt like, compared with other Disney films, and there's plenty of other films that could have beaten it easily, but I haven't seen many of Disney movies lately or or quite remember, like, live action. Like, like oh, I, like... Flubber ended up like on the worst, and I was like, I loved Flubber. I, oh my God, Brittany, I saw that on the list, and I said to myself, Flubber was awesome. What did they watch? <laughs> I know, I know. So that's why it's like it's so skewed. You know what I mean? Like we have such a fondness for it, having grown up as millennials. You know, it's like it's, this is how it goes in sections, right? 
the 1940s, every female protagonist was is very Mary Sue. Man comes in and saves her. She can do no wrong. Birds flock to her. She's this very ethereal, pure creature, right? Which I can I can get down on that. I can like that. But it's very Mary Sue. Then you come in uh, 90s, right? That was more of the action-y, a tell of a hero, you know, blah, 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 you know, and, and you had plenty of badass female characters, too, like Meg, you know what I mean? And then it's like we came into the 2000s where they kind of started more of their live actions, like early 2000s stuff. Then you kind of get here, which is great because we're finally getting that representation in there where it's like, oh, you have a, f- a strong female lead that doesn't even need a romantic partner to be badass or, you know, having powers. But it feels like sometimes shows start – I think it's sometimes when movies start pandering too much, it makes it feel like they didn't put a soul into it. They just wanted to watch it sell. Yeah, it feels very disingenuous, right? They didn't make this particularly because they wanted to tell the story. They just knew that, look look how much of a phenomenon Frozen became. The merchandise that it sold, the amount of kids who were dressing up as Frozen for Halloween, the adults even that were doing parodies of Let It Go. It, it became a huge thing, and I think still to this day is a huge thing. So the marketing team, we're and we're talking about it. So it's not one of those forgotten movies. It's not because I looked up, say, you know, Disney movies to try to come up with this list, and there were some that I never even freaking heard of. So... They did their job in that sense. I just, I don't know. I, and I feel bad for putting some of these on here. I just, like I said, they're just ones that I didn't particularly care, care for. And that's the hard thing is even with bad Disney films, except for, say, like Star Wars, a lot of them are so redeemable. They have their qualities. Yeah, Disney, for the most part, really hasn't made, say, a bad, bad film, right? Anything you can find some sort of redemption to it and see that it had a message behind it. So, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. (sighs) But (laughs) I still want to see I still want to see Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. You have to watch the dumpster fire. That's The Last Jedi. So I will take over number seven. Um, And it's a recent one. And as we were saying, it's not so bad. It definitely had its redeemable parts. But as far as like, you know, modern day Disney with this type of, you know, the animation that they're doing now, right? Like, there's so, there are good ones. I'm not hating on every single, you know, modern day Disney animated movie. Like, Zootopia was amazing. Uh, yeah. Wally, you know, Wally, Inside Out. There are great uh, Disney movies, you know, that are current, but sometimes they just don't, you know, hit it. So the one that I think doesn't hit it is the recent movie Onward. And I don't know if you heard of Onward. I have heard of it. Okay. Have you seen it? I have not. I have not. Okay. So 
You have where, really quick, the whole background is you have this world that there were creatures and wizardry and magic. It was very much a world of magic, they explain, right? But eventually, instead of it, pretty much think of, like, you know, orcs and everything. Think of Shrek, right? Think of, like, a Shrek-type world. But then they start getting technology, so now it's like a modern day world where you still have all these creatures, but instead of them living, you know, in a forest with magic and everything, they're just living like regular humans, cars, this, this, and that, right? So you have um, you have these two brothers, and one of them is played by Chris Pratt, the older one, and the younger I one is played, yeah, and the younger one is played by Tom Holland. And the whole thing is that their dad died when they were very young. Um, I don't. I think the dad died before Tom Holland's character was even born, and then Chris Pratt's character was young, but still had a few years with him. And the thing is that Tom Holland is like his character is turning sixteen. He's just trying to be in school. He has always wanted to have a connection with his father, and blah blah blah. And the older brother is very like you know metal, but also like he wants. He's into magic, right? He wants to explore the days of old, pretty much. He's always bringing it up, you know, back in the old days. And, like, you know, his mom and his brother pretty much have to be like, well, you know, um, this isn't those days anymore. You know, stop it, pretty much. So, anyway, I'm getting to the part where why then I think this movie fell off. Because it starts good, right? It has that, that heart to it. Um, And then so for Tom Holland's 16th birthday, the mother says that she has a gift from their dad because before the dad died, he put something aside and said, only give it when our youngest turns 16. And it's this magic wand. And in the letter, it says that, you know, he knew that because he died, I think, of like an illness. Right. And it was something along the lines of, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to watch you grow up but you know here's a magic spell and if you do this um you know i can come back for one day and of course the boys are super excited because it's like oh my god you know our dad can come back for one day that would be crazy Right. right so they do the spell but they don't do it right because there has been magic in years, you know, the the father, like, acknowledges that. Like, I think there's still a little bit of magic still in the world. So they mess up the magic spell, and only the bottom half of the father gets generated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much the whole movie is them wanting to find, like, you know, to complete the spell so that they can get the rest of him and they have to cart the lower half of the dad. Like, I just thought it was a very silly concept that, you know, now they're just charting around with pretty much just their father's legs and it's them on the adventure. And, you know, the older brother, Chris Pratt, you know, he he has, you know, he has, he has good intentions, but because he's all over the place, he ends up messing things up. And the younger brother is, you know, so tightly wound, and he criticizes his older brother all the time, and, you know, this and that, and, you know, there's a little bit of overacting on other characters' parts. So, like, and it it does end, like, sweetly. I don't know if you want me to tell you the ending, per se, but... I, 
I think I want to. I, I want to see it now. I want to see it. <laughs> okay, so I won't tell you how it ends. So it it is sweet. So it's not bad. I just thought the concept of them on this adventure with their father's legs. You know, he he doesn't know what's going on. Obviously, like you see. At some point, because Chris Pratt's character explains that, like, the father did this, like, tapping thing on his foot when he was younger. And so he, like, does it to the dad's feet. And so you can tell that, like, even though he can't see or hear or anything, that he can tell that that's his son because of the tapping and everything. And, you know, the legs look happy. But in the end, it, it, it was just so weird. It was so weird to me. That would be hard, because at least you could do some Disney magic where it's like, oh, he can hear and understand, and the legs just react, right? Yeah. But it does go like, it does sound a little stressful, too, because aren't they, like, racing against time to bring him back? Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they literally only have 24 hours, and it's like all the shenanigans happens throughout the movie that pretty much just makes the time keep ticking, and you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, my God, just, like, hurry up already so that you can complete the spell and you can get at least some time with your father because, again, the whole thing is is that, you know, Tom Holland's character never even knew his dad, never even met his dad because he died before he was born. And Chris Pratt's character was so young, so he's thinking about all the things like, oh, when he did it, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And Tom Holland's character's like, I just want to talk to him, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're, like, so stressed out. I was stressed. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, I feel like I'd be very stressed out watching this movie. Like, I feel like it has a great message, but golly. Yeah. I'm stressed. Well, apparently you said you're going to watch it. So, uh, yeah, the ending. Again, the ending, like, makes up for it. So it's not bad. But when I was sitting there trying to think of, like, bad Disney movies, I just wish they had went with, like, they should have went with a different concept. Like, say they mess up the spell and he ends up as, like, a gerbil or something. And so now the movie is they have to make him human. Not, like, a pair of legs. <laughs> not a pair of legs. I will say it's really funny because, you know, they're grown, not grown-ups, but, you know, Tom Holland's character is 16 and Chris Pratt's, like, a little older. I think, like, something about 20, 21 or something like that. And so obviously the mother has uh, started dating, and the mother's really sweet, and they, like, hate, not hate, but they strongly dislike their mother's boyfriend, because he's, um, oh, God, what's the creature where, like, it's the body of a horse, but then, like, the top oh, half is, like, like a, human? a centaur. Yeah, he's, like, a centaur, but he's, like, a cop, and he's kind of corny, and he's, like, hey, honey, and he, like, knocks everything over all the time when he comes into the house, but it's, like, you know, he just wants to do good, and he wants to, like, always check up on them, like, he's a good guy, they don't make him bad, you know, so they don't go into, like, that whole stereotype that you see sometimes in movies, but it's, like, they they strongly dislike him. (laughs) Oh, and I I heard there was some good things about, like, you know, it does kind of show kids what it's like having, like, a step-parent and maybe to give them, like, a chance. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, we've talked about this. I feel like that's what Ant-Man kind of does. Like, you can have 
your, you know, biological parent, but you could also have your step parent. It doesn't always have to be this whole, like, clashing thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, like, that was good. That was good. It had good aspects. It was redeemable. I just really couldn't get past that. Like, once that was the thing, it was hard for me to kind of then truly like the movie. You make good points. You do make very good Thank points. Thank you, Brittany. So, um, but let's move on. What is your number six? I am going to go with Mulan 2. I was going to say, if you say the first Mulan, I'm no, going to have to, like, no, hang up Mulan on you. We, 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 would be, we would be ending the podcast. Everyone say goodbye to Brittany because she ain't coming back. <laughs> I didn't say, no, Mulan 2 for, okay. So you have the first Mulan, which was amazing because we'll probably go into that later, right? Mm-hmm. But Disney has this habit of making a bomb-ass first movie and then shitting out a sequel with, like, no, nothing, no thought put into it. And you could have left it off, right? That there, There's a slight uh, relationship between Sh- Shang and Mulan, right? Mm-hmm. And... And, you know, they're kind of like, okay, you know, he can tell, like, because that whole time, like, they were warming up to each other, but he thought she was a dude, right? And mm-hmm. so he was like, oh, yeah, we're bros, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, catching feelings. And, you know, there was, she was a badass in her own right where she didn't need a man, right? And they kind of ended off with the opening. This is like, you know, setting up their wedding, you know, that they're, it's turning out that they're nothing alike. They have none of of the same wants because like, she's like, they're like, oh, do you want children? And she's like, well, you know, maybe like one. And he's like, oh, as many as we can. And, you know, and, you know, you're, and it's starting to stress you out. Right. And then they end up like, I think like breaking up or calling off the marriage or it's all something. Right. Well, on a subplot, you have these three princesses that I think they're like, they're supposed to be guarding them. I I can't remember quite the plot, but you have the the trio, too, from the first movie, right? Which Mm -hmm. I can't, oh, I can't remember their name, and I love them. That's why I hate that I can't remember their names. But, um, I did like that, you know, they find love with these three princesses. And, you know, that they fall in love. But it was so lackluster. Like, Mulan wasn't herself in this movie. Shang wasn't himself in this movie. And, you know, there is some good parts. Like, ultimately, Mulan, you know, she knows that one of the princesses is in love with one of the guys. And to kind of like make up like because she's that one of the girls is supposed to be marrying uh prince uh jiki they call him mm-hmm. jiki but it's like jiki but um you know and she offers herself up to marry the dude and you know and it nearly happens and it's just like the whole movie it's like it does focus really on the romance but it was like, oh, here, you didn't get to see any romance in the first one. Let's make the whole second one romance. And that wasn't the point of Mulan. It was about her, you know, for her family's honor. 
to, you know, uphold the family name, you know, to, you know, do all these things to save her father, you know, to do all this stuff. Well, the second one was like, oh, boo-hoo, they're not together, they're not going to get married, but oh, here's a shit ton of romance. It just felt like it was everything the first one stood against. So, just so you know, the names of the three, because they were the best, was... They are the best. Was Yao, Ling, and Chain Po. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I remember that Yao was the short, angry guy, and Ling was the skinny one, and then Chain Po was, like, the big, cuddly teddy bear. Um, So, that was them. And it is true that you said about sequels, right? Even though I liked Lion King too, oh yeah, um, Lion probably is, it's great. It was amazing. But uh, say with like the Aladdin series, like the first one was great. The third one was great. The second one, blah. But I just wanted to point that out. Um, but so I never saw Mulan too, because to me Mulan was like a masterpiece and could do no wrong. And I didn't want to tarnish it with Mulan 2 because Cindy had seen Mulan 2. And she told me everything that you just said. And it's crazy, right? Because in the first one, Mulan is seen even before she joins the army, right? She is seen, you know, being uncomfortable with societal norms. You know, she pretty much messes up her whole thing with the matchmaker And then her pretty much saying, like, she's not like that. She is a warrior, and she's honored by the emperor of fucking China, right? For literally going toe-to-toe with the most dangerous man, you know? And then you're going to focus, and then you're going to focus an entire second movie about her and weddings and marriage and love and da da da. And it's like that just erased. It didn't need a sequel. It didn't need a sequel. I didn't like. That's why I haven't seen the second Mulan. That's why I really won't watch the live action Mulan because it rejects so much from the original animated movie so um yeah Mulan 2 definitely sounds terrible I have no desire and it pops up sometime on my Disney plus and I'm like stop suggesting this Disney plus I'm never gonna watch it we need to actually watch it together so you can tell how bad it is Oh, I almost don't want to, because it, it will make me mad. Like, you know how much I love the first Mulan. Oh, like, I know. Just, just talking about the Emperor honoring Mulan made me want to cry, because I'm such an oh, emotional fish. You, you love it. You love it. I love that movie. Like, it just... Oh god. Okay, let me stop talking about it, and we're oh, talking about Mulan too. Okay? Gonna get emotional. Holy shit! No, it just makes me so angry. Like, how do you ruin a movie like this, and you do some dumb shit because you're trying to capitalize on the whole Mulan thing? It's bullshit. I don't like it. All right, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I could tell. I I feel you on it. I just it's just very. <sighs> I guess it's just the cash grabbiness of it. It's just it's just being greedy at that point. 
100% completely greedy, as I said, capitalizing on the success of the first movie, but completely being tone deaf as to why the first movie was so successful and still is regarded as such a good movie, you know? No one needed to see that afterwards. I liked the ambiguity of the first one where it left off with Shang and you kind of guessed in your head like, oh, maybe they'll, you know, like have a little bit of a thing now that the war is over and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't need to see you go further into that. You certainly didn't need to go further with them. And I, okay, this is another thing. I hate when they, and maybe this is just me like living in some sort of fantasy, but I hate when they make fake drama where it's like, you know, oh, they seem so great, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, now they're getting married. And now it's, oh, I don't like you or we're not compatible for each other, blah, blah, blah. Oh, like, stop yeah, with the yeah. soap opera drama. Yeah. Yeah. I don't just like let it. them be happy. You ever feel like like they can't just let these characters be happy? The only time I felt like it worked was in the first Sex in the City movie. It's the only oh, time it worked. Always bring it back to Sex in the City. I have to. I absolutely have to. It's required. I wrote a contract with myself years ago that said, always make sure it goes back to Sex and the City. Thank God I love you. You're all right there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm good. I I will uh, see to myself about it. No joking. <laughs> But yeah, so I think that number six, uh, Mulan 2, is the perfect way to end off the worst category of our top ten best and worst Disney films. And we're going to go into something happier. We're going to be in the second half, which is the five best Disney movies. So thank God for that. (laughs) I don't Um, know if I can be happy anymore. It's okay. We'll we'll fix that. Um, so I will I will take number five. I have to tell you, it's so hard to pick. I like wrote down all these ones, and I I'm staring right now, and it's so hard for me to even narrow shit down at this point. Oh my god. I feel like I should flip a coin or something. Oh my gosh, you feel you feel intense about it. I can tell. There are so many movies. I'm going to just have so many honorable mentions. But I guess if I have have to pick. um, (laughs) I'm going to put Hercules. I'm going to put Hercules as my number five. Um, I think you were talking about this earlier in the list that Hercules is a great animated movie from Disney. I love the story behind Hercules of how he is uh, the product of a god, but then raised by humans and always has this feeling of insecurity and not being accepted because he's so clumsy because he's so strong. Um, First of all, the songs are great, right? The songs are absolutely amazing. I love the story of him wanting to be a champion, being trained by... I feel like that guy was voiced by Danny DeVito. I feel like it ha- he had to have been. No, it was um, Danny DeVito. It was, it that, was Danny that, DeVito. That did oh fill. That did fill. Oh, my 
I love it with Phil. And then it, so it's like, it takes place in ancient Greece, right? And it's all about gods and da-da-da. But then it's like, has this very, what is it, a marketable moment when Hercules starts becoming a hero. They're literally, um, whatchamacallit, it, selling merchandise or whatever. Oh, and then yeah. You have, and then you have those women in the vase who, you know, sing and their songs are great. And then you have Hades, who is one of the best characters in the Disney world. Um, just amazing. And Meg, who, as you said, was a strong female protagonist, but, you know, who is obviously worn from being so hurt in her life. And I think it was a perfect balance between Hercules, who was kind of like this eternal optimist to meet Meg, who was, had so many walls, you know, built up. And the whole entire thing is just amazing. It gets really dark. Right. You got those three women who predict, you know, the past, present and future. You know, it gets really freaking dark and all that. And then and I'm like steamrolling here. Right. No. you're good. And and I, I remember that scene when Hercules goes after Meg in the like pool of dead bodies and he's starting to just wither. Yeah. And it's so good. And I love how he rejects. And you know me, I don't like the sappy, like, romance shit, you know? Yeah, but, I know. Trust me, I know. <laughs> but I love that he rejects taking his place amongst the gods to be with Meg and to be human and then to protect those around him. I loved all of that. Um, I don't know. I, lo- I loved finding out about the gods. I loved all that. And I especially loved it, too, Brittany, because I, believe it or not, I say this all the time to you. I'm not a gamer. But you know what I was back in the day? I was a PC gamer because I played all the games from the Disney movies. And there was was definitely a Disney uh, Hercules PC game that I played religiously. And I can remember it. It was, like, all um, narrated by, oh, God, who is the the messenger god? I forget his Uh, name now. Not Aries. What's not that? Aries. Oh, Hermes. 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 Sorry, I, yeah, I had a ball moment. Don't judge me. It was narrated by Hermes. So I just love this. All right. I, I loved everything. I loved the style of the animation, too. It was just great. It was just great. Hercules was a top notch. And I feel like when people talk about great Disney animated movies, they kind of gloss over this film a lot. Um, because it was more modern, right? Like, you have Snow White and the Seven Doors, which is older, Bambi, older. You know, you had all these, like, kind of older ones. And Hercules, I feel like, was at the end point of the cartoon animation before Disney moved on to their CGI animation. Hercules uh-huh. was kind of the last one. And to me, it was a great one. So, yeah, Hercules is going to be my number five. Brittany, what do you think about Hercules? Man, uh, uh, Zero to Hero is still one of my most favorite songs. I remember one time I went on a, uh, it was when I had to do like one of those 12-hour drives, and I listened to nothing but Disney music, like Disney songs. I probably rotted my brain with it, but it was freaking amazing. And a lot of it was Hercules. I have such fond memories of Hercules because I am obsessed 
with a hero's origin story. Every time. Those movies, those stories get me the most. I want to know before they were a hero. I want to see, you know, I want to see, like, a growth, right? And I mm-hmm. love that, you know, one had to go live with human. And, yeah, think of how un- ungodly strong he would have been if he hadn't drank that stuff, right? Like, at the mm-hmm. very beginning, because he, even that one little drop of God he still had in him. But I loved him being klutzy. I thought that was so real for that film. Like, for him to not be able to quite know what to do with himself. He is a God living on Earth. And I love the Phil's uh, training arc with him is one of my favorite montages in any film, live action or not, it it's very rocky for me. You know, it's very yeah. aspiring. And I remember, like, as a kid, I was like, I'm going to work out and I'm going to get strong, which <laughs> obviously that didn't happen. But a girl can dream. And I just, I don't know. It was so good. It was really good. Um, it's, it's one that, like, I, I told Aaron the other day, I was like, I really want to watch Hercules. And he's like, you've probably seen that movie a million times. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I want to see Hercules. Uh, it's like, I'll see it 101 times. But, I'll um, see it 101. I think that one of the best scenes was when he was up against that monster that kept producing heads after they cut him off a thousand times because it was so, like, climactic, right? You you thought that there's at some point there was no way that he was going to win and it just kept coming and coming and you felt like that, you know, desperation almost. And I thought the animation for the time was really great how they were able to make that look. Um, yeah, I mean... Such a great frickin' film. The whole message behind it, as you said, uh, Zero to Heroes, awesome, the montage. And I want to say that it had, like, some dark themes to it, you know? It uh, it really did. Um, I don't know. I, I love Hercules. I think that this is a great frickin' movie that doesn't get talked about enough. And Meg is an awesome uh, female character in the Disney library. Man, now I want to go watch Hercules. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Tia. Thanks a I, lot. That's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. Hades is... The more that I uh, think of him... Someone said... Uh, oh, God. Someone pointed out this scene where... Meg said something like, uh, like Hades is telling her that Hercules is going to break her heart. He's going to lie soon. And Meg's like, well, how do you know that? And he's like, because he's a man or something. And someone was like the sass. The he's sass. a sass. But man, I mean, he wasn't correct. <laughs> well, I mean, men are the worst. But no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, number five is Hercules. Brittany, what is your number four? I am go okay. I'm gonna go with because you brought up the point of Hercules being one of the last films that was not CGI, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I can actually tell you the last film that was not CGI that was hand drawn and it was allowed to flop on purpose. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. It was allowed to flop on purpose so that uh, 
so that Disney could make an excuse to switch from hand-drawn because hand-drawn was way more expensive, took way too much time, but it was so much more fluid, and it was better, right? That oh, movie yeah. was Treasure Planet. Oh. Have you have you seen Treasure Planet? I have not seen Treasure Planet. Do you know what uh, Treasure Island, you know, the book, the movie, was about? No. <laughs> Basically, this is like the in the future version of it, right? Like there, it's uh, oh, I gotta think of, of what the kid's name is. Let me give me five seconds to see. I've probably- I've seen the the pictures of this movie before, but I don't hear hardly anyone to talk about that's so interesting that whole like thing uh, the behind scenes well what it was is that so it follows jim hawkins right uh who actually was voiced by joseph gordon levitt um you know (laughs) weird times but what it was is that disney didn't do any advertising for it they want they didn't they put all this love into it. Like you have to see it like all this like crazy like if you look at the pictures, like if you just even look at the images, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because critics have it like like uh IMBD does seven point two, Rotten Tomatoes sixty nine, and Metacritic sixty. But if you actually sit and watch the movie, it's amazing. It's amazing, and I don't know, but it just was allowed to flop as a good excuse. Like, and you can read that about it too, but um, but Jim Hawkins, he basically he's always getting into trouble. He has basically like this, uh, almost like a skateboard, but it flies through the air. It doesn't have wheels, but you can get it. He's rebellious. It's like a skydiver. It's very neat, right? Well. Ends up, his mom runs like this, uh, like this inn, like a bread and bre- a bed and breakfast, or you know, and he's always helping her because his uh, dad ran out on him when he was little and left him alone with his mom. And uh, a one day, it's kind of like they're still ships, right? But they go through the sky and they travel planet to planet. They basically ride these currents so imagine instead of spaceships they're ships they look like pirate ships and they're like or look like just ships from back you know what you would expect for that time period right for pirates and stuff whole big thing they end up finding this map that will take them to treasure planet because in the original story it's treasure planet he finds a map right well Mm -hmm. the book on there he uh him and Jim Hopkins, they start to go close, like, their father-son relationship, right? Uh, this, the cook, I can't remember what they call him. I gotta find it really quick, because he was amazing. Well, the cook and him, they, they get really close together. He teaches him everything that you think a father would teach a son, right? How to tie knots, how to do certain things, how to take care of himself, like good survival skills. But it turns out that the cook is the most feared, one of the most feared pirates in the entire universe. And that he's on that ship because he knows that they have the, the 
map to Treasure Planet, which is what he wants. But he's grown this relationship with Jim Hawkins so much that, you know, he doesn't want to kill the boy. He's just like, oh, you could join me. And it's this whole big thing. But it's so good because it really showed, like, I love a story where someone hardened and evil and mean, like, learns how to love and care about someone else. And it's not, like, romantic, but it's, like, a father's son. He never had a child, and Jim never had a father. And they do get very close together to the point where... Oh, and there's death in it, too. One of the sailors dies. It's fair, the first mate dies. But um, a lot of people call it a furry film because uh, the captain is a cat lady. And she is heckin' awesome. She is really badass. But they're like, oh, no. Oh, no, she's a cat. And there's a dog dude, too. But it was just very good. I, I, I need you to watch it because you can see stuff that it's like, I think they threw in, like, they sprinkled in a little bit of CGI, but the rest of it's just all hand-drawn animation, and it's beautiful, and it really makes you miss, like, the old days. So I have the Wikipedia pulled up for it, right? And the budget for it was $140 million. And the box office was $109.6 million. So it lost money um, with this. So, I mean, if the studio was trying to make any sort of point as to why they shouldn't do hand-drawn animation anymore, they would look at that box office and go, oh, look. It just it doesn't work anymore, but yeah, we got movies like... Expensive. Yeah, and they'd say, oh, well, you know, we got movies like Toy Story doing awesome. Let's just switch to that uh, mean. So, oh, wow. It sounds really good. I mean, it sounds like the what you would expect. Like, it sounds like on par for, you know, Atlantis, you know, Lost City or Titan AE. I don't know if you ever saw those movies, but those were awesome. Um, Titan wasn't, though, a Disney movie. It was a Fox movie. But anyway, um, it sounds great, and I, I've seen the poster for this before. I've just never checked it out. So you're saying that I should definitely check it out. Oh, my God, please. Like, it has to be on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Like, I literally need you to have it. The cook, for me and Tia, is very much like Benny. Okay? There you go. <laughs> That's why you need to see it. That's why you're drawn in. Did you put that on right before we came on because you're going through a Benny kick? No, okay, Tia knows that I, 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 we love Supernatural, and Benny from Supernatural was amazing. You should know that Treasure Planet is on Disney+. Plus. Oh my god, I need to watch it, give me your login, I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm attaching my own trial. Oh, I'm sorry, that came out weird. What was I, I blacked out for a second. You I don't a, remember what I was saying. You got a weird hitch in your throat there, Brittany. You had a <laughs> weird hitch in your throat. Oh, you still oh. love me. Mm, questionable. But no, um, I will definitely check it out because I go through these moments sometimes where I am on such a kick on Disney Plus just kind of going through everything. And... Instead of, I guess, rewatching old stuff, I should probably check out something new. Yeah, you should. 
<laughs> All right, so Treasure Planet is definitely the number four. Brittany says that you should watch it, and that means that you should all watch it. So, yes, um, I'm number three. I'm, I'm telling you, Brittany, it's so hard. We're going to have to do honorable mentions, all right? We're just going to have to do honorable mentions because there's so many. I'm, like, so torn because we all know what number one is going to be for me. So it's mostly, like, just trying to figure out this number three spot of what I think is the best one. It's going to be hard. All right? It's going to oh. be hard. Mm. Huh? Sorry, I was making a joke. I was making a Backstreet Boys reference. Oh, my God. Um, all right, so I am going to put... This is so hard. I don't even want to, like, think of uh, people are like, hurry the fuck up, bitch. But I'm going to do The Emperor's New Groove. Oh! Please tell me. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about an unusual style for Disney because you have this very... um, Oh, God. So you have the character, right? And he's very, so first of all, you have the voiceovers, and he's so narcissistic. And it's this bit of a feel to the movie that I've never really seen in, say, like an anime Disney movie before. And I think that for Disney at the time, especially in its animated realm, was the first time really that they were doing movies that were meta Because, you know, the main character, and I'm going to look it up because it's been a while since I've seen it, so I need to, like, have shit in front of me. But the character Kuzco, who's the main character, you know, he's he's making meta references, and he's very unlikable, right? Don't you remember where he has the scene where he has the girls, and he's like, too ugly, too this, too this, too this, and it's like, ooh, whoa, what? The main character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen, like, main characters who are, say, a little bit arrogant, you know, or whatever, but we've never seen where, like, the hero of the movie, quote-unquote, is this really unlikable guy. He's very selfish, um, and just the style, the quickness of it and all that, I loved. And then finally, when when he gets turned into the llama, and it's such a lesson of, like, humility and him having to like really assess himself and the freaking villain was so hilarious as Yzma I forget how to say her name again it's been a while since I've seen but like her and Krunk you know oh he speaks squirrel Oh my god, like, the whole thing is just hilarious. I need to definitely rewatch it to kind of, like, you know, get my brain juices going again with it. But I just remember that every time I watch this movie, it's so enjoyable. And I love the relationship between Kuzco and Pacha, you know, eventually, who is just puts up with so much shit from Kuzco. And just finding out the real reason as to why this all happened was because of Yzma and her, her obsessive need to be powerful. And of course, everyone knows like the, the iconic, uh, pull the lever, crunk, wrong lever. (laughs) I scream that on stream sometimes if I grab the wrong thing and I'm like, wrong lever, crunk. Wrong Uh, lever. (laughs) 
right. This shit's hard. <laughs> I know because I had others that, but I feel like this is so different than what I've, when Emperor's New Groove came out, I feel like it was so different. You have David Spade as the main character who is so doesn't scream Disney. And you have this unconventional character who is not likable at all at first. And you kind of, and then he almost becomes like even more unlikable at some point when he's a llama because he's so mean to Pacha. And, Love you know, Pacha. just, I so, do you know he's voiced by John Goodman? He's yes. So, I love John Goodman. John Goodman, like, if anything ever bad came out on him, I would be absolutely crushed because... I would be devastated. Oh, I know. It would be like... He's like, for me, like, because a lot of people... Okay, you know how it's like with Robin Williams made up so much of her childhood, right? Because of the characters he did, you know, just getting to know him, him being so sweet and sincere... Like, John Goodman is, like, my Robin Williams. Like, how much I'm just, you know, between Roseanne, between him voicing, like, almost every one of my favorite characters and stuff. You know, it's just, like, his voice is everywhere. And it's, like, he's, and you know his voice when you hear it. Well, yeah, I mean, he was literally, I just clicked on his um, Wikipedia Monsters Inc. I love Monsters Inc. Oh my god! I'm in. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, Inc. is short for you know. Incorporated. Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Yeah. (laughs) Did you know, by the way, that Steve Buscemi was in that movie? He played the lizard. (laughs) No, he played such an asshole. I love Monsters, Inc. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> and Sully. <laughs> You're right. The freaking voice is just, like, such a, like, memorable voice. Um, yeah, no, if anything ever came out about Sean Goodman, I would... Oh, man, that that would that would not be nice. That would not be fun at all. But uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. But yeah, so, you know, he was in Emperor's New Groove, and I think that this is just a great movie. It's fun. It reads well. It has, a you know, it has redemption moments. It has the lesson learned. And I think that's really good for, you know, Disney movies, especially back then. I feel like it needs to start coming out more. Because you and I have talked about, like, say, redemption, and it feels like where people aren't given the room to learn or to change. And it's like, you see that in Emperor's New Groove. You literally had this guy who, for all intents and purposes, could you could have said, like, he's narcissistic, he was sexist, he was abusive, he was, you know, uh, prejudiced against people who were less fortunate than he was. And he really gets his, like, ass kicked around. He realizes that none of that is acceptable. None of that is good. And he shouldn't have those sort of attitudes because that's just, that doesn't make up a good person. And being a good person is the most important thing. So it's like you had this whole redemption story with Cusco. Man, I gotta rewatch that. I do, you are right about the, like, the redemption to it. Because, man, I hated him at first. I you legit, hated him. 
I hated him. I was like, golly, especially when he brings them in. And he's like, oh, so, you know, what's the best place? You know, blah, blah, blah. And, and Pacha tells him, and he's like, oh, and this is where I'm going to put my pool. And it's like, yes. I was like, oh, my God. And I think that was so new for a Disney film where you hated the main characters so much. Wait, isn't that right? Like, does isn't it where, like, Cusco is taking... Uh, commentary from the villagers and Pacha's there and he's explaining how amazing like this one area is and that's when Kuzco's like thanks good to know that's where I'm putting a pool oh no right it's awful yeah it's, like when he got turned into a llama I was like good good I hope you lose everything Pacha, deserved- <laughs> Pacha and Krunk like cause I loved Krunk <laughs> Who did you say? Who was he played by? Yeah, yeah. Patrick Warburton. He's this guy's been in a lot, and he also has one of those like really memorable voices that as soon as you hear it, you're like, I know who that's voiced by. Like I like I don't always know his name, but whenever I hear say a um, cartoon. And he's voicing the person. I'm like, yeah, no, I know who that is. That 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 yeah, that's yeah. guy. Yeah, he right. he voices Joe on Family Guy. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. I just don't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. So that's him. So yeah. Um, number three is Emperor's New Groove, and Brittany, you have your number two, which is, I guess, your number one. So. Really knock it out of the park, Brittany. <laughs> I, I sit there and I'm like, oh my god, there's so many. Okay, I think it's actually newer, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man, but now I'm seeing other ones. Now I know how you feel. You ever go to click on one and you're like, oh yeah, that's it. That's the one I love, right? And then you see something else and you go, but no, that was really good. Um... God. Um, man, I'm just gonna say it. Okay, I'm we, gonna can, we can have we can have honorable mentions. We can have honorable mentions. I'm gonna go with Moana. Oh, do you know I've never seen this actually, but it looked really good. Well, this is why why I love it. Right, you have mm-hmm. Moana that's lived on an island, and her father's the chief, and she's going to be the next chief, which instantly they they don't make any mention like it's weird that a woman's going to take over the village, right? That she's going to be the next chief, right? Mm-hmm. And so in a way, she's a princess because, you know, of that. And the whole thing is that they live on this island, and her father is very intense that they do not leave the outer reaches of the island to go anywhere else. And, uh, but as the, but she's so attracted to the water, she wants to boat. She wants, she feels it in her, right? She feels in touch with the sea and she just wants to go. Well, things start happening. I'm trying to give the fast forward version of it. Uh, basically with the kind of, uh, theology for this, this movie, uh, there is a basically a lava creature that's destroying these other islands. It's making their their coconuts rot. Like stuff isn't right with the world. Well, at some point, uh, Moana like tries to kind of boat out of the water just to like 
you know, just go and be free. Well, she nearly ends up drowning. Uh, you know, she has this pet pig, and it, they nearly drown. And you learn that the father is so protective because he went out in the water with a, his best friend, and his best friend drowned and never made it back. And that's why he doesn't want people to leave, because after a certain point in the water, it comes so disastrous, basically, that you can't really go out there, or that it's just dangerous. Well, because all this, like, nature's thrown off. So Moana ends up, her uh, her grandma passes away, that like, during the movie and stuff, and... Moana, though, learns that her people weren't meant to stay on the island. She actually comes from a long line of they boated, they they traveled, they were they were sailors, right? So it's basically this big mission to find uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like the heart of something, and but it's so mo- there is no romantic interest in it. There is none, and that's so like. That's so astounding for it. But uh, I don't remember his name. What is his name from Moana? Um, the du- Let me see. The dude from Moana. Because I can't remember his name right now. Isn't uh, the father played by uh, Dwayne Johnson? No, that's not the father. That is, uh, that's who I'm looking for. It. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, Mo- let me put Moana... Dwayne Johnson. He plays... Maui? Maui. I could not remember his name. Thank you. Maui. Maui is a demigod, right? And all these tattoos on his body are from feats he's done or things he's done, right? Like heroic acts. And he explains, like, he's the reason they have coconuts. He's the reason they have longer days because he was trying to impress the humans. I won't go too far into it, but they're not romantic at all. There is no romantic because he's like a demigod. But basically, it's just, they're just friends. And that's so awesome. They're each other's sidekick, basically. They are both the hero. And I don't know. There's just, the songs are so good. I hate that they got stuck in my head, like the You're Welcome (laughs) song. But I don't know. It just felt, it felt like it had more heart. It was very touching because, and I think it's nice that we're getting a lot more like Disney princesses that aren't like, it's not like taking place in America. It's not European. You have a very tropical, you know, world. And I think that's something that's been kind of slept on. But when you go back through all the other Disney films, because yes, you have like, oh, like, I almost said the Prince of Egypt. I don't know why. I was trying oh my to God, say the Prince it. of Egypt is so good. It's so good. But I, but you know, the more tropical places have been really slept on and I think it's important to have that kind of representation too. And I think it's like oh no, it was just it was very touching. It told a story and it it was there was a part in it and this is a spoiler alert. The monster creature that ended up doing this stuff turned out to be the good guy, but but uh, Maui had accidentally wronged her. He took her heart, and she has this song. I got to remember how it goes, but that she's like, basically Moana sings to her that she's like, "I know you've been hurt," you know, 
you know, they changed you. And, like, I don't know, it was just very touching that it almost was, like, trying to make that that call out for people that may have had started out, you know, very good, happy people but had been so wrong they turned into more hardened people. But that, you know, that they understood why they felt that way. And I don't know, it's just it's just a really good movie. No, I definitely have to check out Moana because I saw when it came out the really positive reception that it had gotten and it looked good because I liked the fact that there was no romance in it and um, the fact that, like, Dwayne Johnson was in it and also that it gave way for representation of Polynesian people, um, you know, uh, that culture because when have you ever really seen that right in a Disney movie an animated movie like how when have you ever seen that so it allowed for a demographic of people to feel represented in film in a major film that has been popularized popularized sorry uh, kids you know kids love it and it looked good. Like, it, it looked really good. I want to see it. I love that they made, like, Dwayne Johnson's character freaking massive because it, of course, represents him in real life. So I, I love what you said about it. It sounds like a really great film. And I actually just pulled up my Disney Plus app and put it on my list. Yes, but you have to watch Treasure Planet first. Okay. <laughs> well, I have nothing to do on Sunday since we're doing this on a Thursday, so I guess it'll be a Disney Plus kind of day. Heck yeah, I love it when I win. You gotta watch, I guess, The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, I feel bad uh, for you. I, 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 I to watch John Wick. <gasps> yes. No, you have to watch John Wick first. You have to watch it. You have to watch all three John Wicks. Like, oh, it's not geez. just the one John Wick, it's the, it's all three John Wicks. Oh, man. I'm holding you to it. Oh, all right. Man. I want, and this is a Disney uh, list, so this is completely unrelated, but I, your homework is in the next two weeks to have watched all three John Wick movies so that we could do a top ten on the John Wick series. Oh, my- Gosh, oh, oh, oh man, yep. that's a lot of movies. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my darnest. No, I'm going to hold you to it. But yeah, so how do I prep Moana? Mona? Moana. Moana. A-N-A. So Moana. I think this is a great number two. I think that a lot of people would agree with you that it certainly deserves to be on this list. And I will definitely check it out because it looks it, it, it looks good. So I definitely want to watch it. So we are down to the number one uh, spot on our top ten Disney's best and worst movies. And I'm still saying that there's going to be honorable mentions because I'm not going to leave this podcast without mentioning the honorable mentions. Um, but the first half of this list was the worst. <laughs> so 10 through 6. So 10, we have Dumbo. Number 9, we have The Last Jedi. Number 8, we have Frozen. Number 7, we have Onward. And number 6, we have Mulan 2. 
Um, and now the second half is the best. So number five, we have Hercules. Number four, we have Treasure Planet. Number three, we have Emperor's New Groove. Number two, we have Moana. And number one, let's get down to business. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I knew it. Because <laughs> I'm putting Mulan down. You knew it had to come. And I feel, like, bad for not putting, say, The Lion King, because I feel like The Lion King is revered as probably the best out of the hand-drawn movies. And while it doesn't take anything away from The Lion King, I'm sorry, Mulan has to be it. I love Mulan. As I even said when we were talking about Mulan 2, I cry every time I watch Mulan. And you might be thinking, why is she crying? Like, yeah, there's a few sad scenes, but really? And it's like, no, I cry for everything. I cry through the, through the sad scenes, through the powerful scenes, through the happy scenes. I just feel so much emotions through it, right? Like, you have Mulan, who's this unconventional girl because she doesn't fit within the realm of the other women in the village. She messes up her time with the matchmaker, which is a very important time. And, you know, the matchmaker, which the match, oh, my God, you have to look up memes, by the way. I know you don't watch 90 Day Fiance, but you had to have heard of Big Ed or No Neck Ed. and No Neck Ed? (laughs) No Neck Ed. And he, at some point, is wearing a bathrobe. And someone says that he looks like the matchmaker from Mulan. No, no. So now that's all I think about. But so anyway, it's like you have Mulan and I'm going to go through this quickly, right? Because we all know it. We all know it. But, you know, she messes up with the matchmaker and matchmakers like she will never find a husband. That's like a slap in the face during, say, that time. Right. Like, oh, my God, she's not going to find a husband. That's just. So during all this, you have the frickin Huns who are trying to invade China. And so China pretty much has to instill this whole, you know, one man from each family has to go fight. So Mulan's father, who is obviously a man of honor and wants to abide by what his emperor tells them, and also it's, like, illegal if they don't do it, you know, he agrees to go fight for his country, but you know he's going to die because he's freaking old and he's already fragile. Yeah, he's fragile, you know, he, like, collapses at some point. So it's like, you know, Mulan sees that, and she's so family-oriented. She cares so much about her family that it's like she does something that is so unthinkable, and she, like, dresses up like a boy and takes her father's armor to go fight in his place right and then amongst all this you know you have the funny stuff with mushu being the dragon who is pretty much like the uh the outcast of all of the ancestors and their spirits that watch over the you know the family and all that but he's in charge it's pretty much almost a movie of like initially the disappointments right like mulan and uh frickin mushu is supposed to be in charge of awakening the great dragon but ends up screwing it up which i always wondered did he like kill the dragon in that moment like he he did now like is was that actually someone or (laughs) was it that like they i don't know He's a murderer, so he makes it his mission to tr- to watch Mulan and to train her so that not only, you know, she doesn't, like, 
die, but so that honor is still maintained within the family and so that he can get back with good standing in the family, like, or, you know, with the ancestor, which they're so funny. Have you ever gone back and watched how hilarious they are where they're like, she got it from your side of the family? Oh, I know. <laughs> it's especially, I think what's so funny about Mulan is you can watch it at any age, mm-hmm. any age, and you'll find something you love. And so when they're arguing, I'm like, God, that does sound like family. I don't like it, but I love it. No, I love it so much. So I'm sorry, I'm speeding through like everything here because I know you've seen. I know that everyone who's listening has seen this, and you haven't. Then like I don't know what to tell you. There's no hope for you. But um, so it's like okay. First of all, the music, right? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so real with you, Brittany. Right? You, I'm like a teenager who is obviously going through like you know. And I'm sorry for anyone who can hear all this shit. It has been for three months straight now that people are sending off fireworks every single night. Uh, I, I was like, no, uh... no, no, it's not. There's no bombs going off uh, here. It's literally fireworks. And and this is not just a Fourth of July thing. It's literally just happened for three months straight every single night. There was a whole story that apparently police have recovered like a shit ton of illegally obtained fireworks in Yonkers. But it doesn't matter because they're still putting it off. And they even. And they even set them off during the day, which you're so stupid, you can't even see anything. So I apologize for people who are hearing that. My dog is freaking out. Like, thanks a lot, assholes. But anyway, the songs the songs are amazing. Like, I was a teenager when I think, or not a teenager when Mulan came out, but I was younger. And then, like, it obviously translated as I was going into being a teen, like, not knowing myself. And so when Mulan had her song, you know, who is that girl I see, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I, I, so I get you, I get you. Um, you know, and then of course, everyone knows the iconic, like, you know, I'll make a man out of you, the training montage. Like, I... <laughs> the Huns. <laughs> I love that scene so much, man. Um, you know, so Mulan obviously starts off super awkward and blah, blah, but then eventually earns the respect of her commanding officer, gets friends with, you know, the, the trio. Um, what did I just say their freaking names were? Ling, uh, Chenpo, and... Yao? Yes, Yao. Yeah, exactly. I love I love that scene, by the way, when they get butt-ass naked, and she's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, right. And they're like, and, like, you know what's funny as a kid? You don't think much about it. Uh, because when I was a kid, I was like, why is it? Like, when I was real little, because I was real little when it came out, I was like, why does it matter if they see her bathing? And I was like, well, maybe if they... are girls. Yeah. And they're <laughs> men. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe below the hips, you know, I, I, you know, that's a little different. And I was like, oh, yeah, tits, tits <laughs> oh, or what? They would or instantly voice. know. They would instantly know. So, obviously, like, and again, sped up, right? Like, best scenes, you know, the the fighting against the Huns with the in the snowy mountains, right? And I love where Mulan uh, sets off that one, you know, like, uh, missile rocket and at first Mushu's like you have terrible aim you're supposed to aim at him he was right in front of you but it was like she was aiming for the mountains so to you know get rid of all the Huns but then she gets injured you find out she's a girl and you're like they were 
that one guy was so prepared to kill her. And I'm like, she just took out the entire Hun army, and you're so willing to kill her because she's a girl and she broke the law. So then, like, you know, Shang, you know, pretty much leaves her there but keeps her alive. She realizes the Huns are still alive. She goes and she saves China, right? She swoops in and saves the day. She doesn't need no Prince Charming. Uh, the three men, you know, the, the trio figure out that to beat him is to be um, women themselves because they dress up, right, you know? Yeah. And she goes, to, as I said, she goes toe-to-toe with the head hun who's the scariest, dangerous motherfucker ever and literally defeats him both with her skill and her wit. And it's one of the best things. She saves fucking China, all right? She saves China. And the emperor, I love what he says, right? When he's like, you have done this. You have done that. You have done this. Da, da, da. And you're like, oh, my God. Is he really going to be mad at her right now? And then he's like, and we thank you for this. You have saved China. And everyone starts bowing. Ho, oh. ho, ho. You're going to start crying again, Tia. I'm going to start crying. I'm going to start crying. And then when she goes home and she's like, I hope I've brought honor to his family and wait for it. When the father says the greatest honor I have is having you as a daughter. Losing it. Losing it. (laughs) (laughs) She's so happy to see her because you think they're going to be so mad. Right? Right? She's like, oh, God. Like, you know, I just saved China and the emperor gave me a sword and honored me but i still gotta go home and face the music there so right yeah it's gonna be my number one (laughs) i'm not crying you're crying oh no i am crying 100 (laughs) you're like don't point it out though don't make it awkward don't make it awkward (laughs) but yeah yeah what are your thoughts here Brittany? I loved Mulan as a kid. Like it's so funny because um, I asked my dad. I said, you know, kids. I and it wasn't too long ago. I said, kids. I go, you know, like Trenton, my little brother. He always wanted to wa- rewatch all oh, the Incredibles and um, trying to think of what else he was obsessed with. Oh, Dragon Ball Z GT, which you know we didn't grow up with GT. And I was trying to think of what and else. It's not canon. Yeah, it's not canon. And Dad, I, I asked Dad, I said, what was I obsessed with? I go, because kids now are obsessed with Frozen or Moana, you know, all these. He said, you were obsessed with Mulan. He goes, <laughs> I cannot think of how many times. He goes, you would sit on my lap and you'd be like, let's watch Mulan. He goes, and it would finish and you'd go, and you'd jump off my lap. He'll hit rewind just to watch it again. <laughs> I'm like... I was like, I was obsessed because she was badass. And, like, the trainings in the make, I'll make a man out of you where she gets so good. I'm like, ugh, I want to be Mulan. I want to be Mulan. I I love that in the song where he was like, you know, pack your things up, go home, you're through. <laughs> Mr. I'll never make a man out of you. And I'm like, no. And then she finally, like, you, like instead of... Because everyone else tried to, like, climb, right? Like, or they, you know, they were using the weights the wrong way. And then she did, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, all it took was her just, like, using her intelligence to get that. Which, 
Very much reminded me, by the way, of Steve Rogers in the first Avenger, like in the first yes. Captain America movie, right? Where it's like everyone else was trying to like climb up the flagpole and all he did was walk over and like pull the thing out and it just dropped. And it's like, see, sometimes, you know, it's not just uh, your brawn that helps you out there. Oh, man. Now I want to watch Mulan again. Mulan is just a fantastic movie. I mean, I've already blabbed enough about it, but if you can't tell, it's it's my favorite Disney movie. <laughs> I, I can definitely tell, but you know what? I'm here for it, Tia. I'm here for it. It's just so good, Brittany. It's just so good. I love the visuals, too. Like, because they make... Like, yeah, you had all these, like, bright colors, right? And it was, like, nice. But you had a lot of, like, dark themes. Like, first of all, Shang, you know, feeling like he can't live up to his father because his father's a general. The scene where they come across the decimated village and and uh, hold up the doll, and it was clear that there was children that were killed. Um, and then, you know, remember the one scene where the Huns got those two guys and they're like, go tell the emperor. And the, and he goes, how many messengers does it take? You know, and he's like, just one. Knowing that, like, you know. I never got that as a kid, kid. And then one day I was like, oh, he murdered him. <laughs> he murdered him. That's murder. <laughs> murder to you? Yeah, no, I mean, the villain was, like, scary. He was dark, you know, and I I like that contrast in the movie where you had all these, like, really bright, happy moments when the three guys are talking about, you know, going home finally and, you know, meeting wives and such like that, and then you have, you know, these really sad, dark, scary moments, and I just, I think that it balanced really well. Man, now I gotta rewatch it. Thanks a lot, Tia. You're welcome, Brittany. But do you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to throw out there that we didn't have enough room to put on the list? Oh man, okay. Like I can I can go through real quick because I had such a long list. I can call them out. Okay. Yeah, go ahead for it. Let me see. Let me let me rebring it back up. The Princess and the Frog was amazing. Beauty and the Beast is actually one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. Like, I talked about Monsters Incorporated. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, let me think. A Goofy movie was freaking amazing. (laughs) You cannot tell me. That was a good movie. And Oliver and Company. Oh, that was a good one. I liked Oliver and Company. Um, what was I going to say? What was the first one that you mentioned? I just blanked for a second. The very first one I mentioned was The Princess and the Frog. Yeah, that was a great movie. And then after that, what did you say? Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I feel, I don't know why when I was thinking of Disney movies, I completely blanked on Beauty and the Beast. I did like Beauty and the Beast. Beast. I love uh, Beauty and yes. the Beast. By the way, I saw Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, like, years ago, and it was phenomenal on Broadway. <laughs> I just I just need it. it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, 
Yeah, no, those are great honorable mentions. Um, as I mentioned before, Lion King, obviously. Um, oh, God, I just blanked on another one that I was going to throw out there that I was like, that should be on there. Oh, shit. What the fuck was it? Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, so, Lion King, obviously. I wanted to also put The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Wally. Fox and the Wally, Fox and the Hound, which have you ever seen Fox and the Hound, a.k.a. the saddest movie ever? It's okay. Quick interjection. Like whenever. uh, So, you know, first marriage, right? And at the, the wedding party or whatever, Ansley said in the quote, you know the the uh, the fox and the hound will be will be best friends forever, right? Yeah, forever. And I bawled. That is just too sad. It's too. It's just sad. too sad. I will never rewatch it, but it definitely it deserves to be on this list, um, or at least in the honorable mentions. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. fox and the hound, uh, Pocahontas, because I loved Pocahontas back in the day, yeah. and. Honestly, the movie that I was going to put in place of Emperor's New Groove was Tarzan. Because I loved Tarzan. Oh, Tarzan was amazing. And you know there's a theory that that's their lost brother from Frozen, right? Oh, yeah. There's a whole, um, was a conspiracy theory that, like, Tarzan and Frozen, another movie, like, all connect. Which, you know, I guess would be kind of cool if Disney went in that direction. But, yeah, I... Sorry, go ahead. I think I think they I don't remember I think they did say. Oh, that's interesting. I just love Tarzan because like I watched this whole video on the making of Tarzan and them like trying to discover like how do we make Tarzan kind of new, right? It's like oh yeah, he swings from branches. It's like what if we make where he's pretty much like a skateboarder and he just like slides across all of the branches and shit in the jungle. And then of course you know the music was great, the story. I loved how you know he never got the approval of like you know the head gorilla. You know even though the one female gorilla brought him in and raised him as her own and never got approval from like the leader uh and you know that movie was pretty dark because the the main baddie pretty much hung himself meanwhile wasn't tarzan trying to like help him he was like bruh bruh and then his parents oh blood on the ground too yeah yeah there was like blood there was legit blood. For anyone who sits there and loves, because, you know, there's so many Disney haters out there who go, nothing in Disney is ever dark. I'm like, really? Because they pretty much, like, almost showed a jaguar ripping a f- people to shreds, and you had, like, the blood everywhere, and you oh, hear baby crying. gorilla's baby got eaten by the jaguar. Remember, it runs oh off. And, and you see that's why tail swishing. I... She took Tarzan because it was like she was missing her face. That's right. Yes, you see the baby gorilla run off to get away from And she was so panicked, remember, because she was realizing that he wasn't around. Stomach sick because as a kid, you don't, you can't process that level. No, not at all. As a kid, you're like, wait, what? Um... 
that yeah, that's complete. Oh god, I forgot that that was like the thing as to why she even took Tarzan in, you know? Um, and I loved how like frantic Jane was. She just like, oh my god, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I know she's so proper. She's so proper. Um, that too, by the way, had a PC game that I played all the time. Oh my gosh, Tia. Fun fact, Rosie O'Donnell played the... Remember there was, like, the gorillas that were... Yeah, yeah, she was, like, part of them. She was, like, the tomboy. And I love that, uh, I love that song. The song that they did with, like, the typewriters and all the things. That was a good one. Sorry, I really, really love that song. I was so obsessed with the movie as a kid. That was another (laughs) one I probably drove my dad crazy with. Tarzan was a great movie, but I, like, again, like, Hercules, I never hear anyone talk about Tarzan, and I'm like, did I think that people would choose to forget Tarzan since, what was it, like, two years ago, they came out with a really shitty live-action one with Margot Robbie and Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. First of all, why? Like, why? (laughs) Like, why? Like, why? (laughs) But, like, why, though? (laughs) But, uh, Brittany, I could probably talk about uh, Disney movies all day just because there's such a nostalgic aspect to all of it that just makes me happy and makes me remember a time before we had to pay bills. (laughs) Oh, I know. Before 2020 happened. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, 2020 is just like a shit show um, and will become more of a shit show for me on Monday. But that's besides that. Uh, but <laughs> Brittany, we did an awesome job here in breaking down the top 10 best and worst Disney movies. We're definitely going to have to come back for a part two because I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface here. I know, there's always so much more that we'd like to add, but then we'd be talking for 80 hours. I mean, not for nothing. You do talk for about six to eight hours straight on your um, streaming. Well, as nice as I ate the last time, so it made it a little easier. Wasn't doing much talking. I'm like looking now. Right? Remember, like Lady in the Tram, Oliver and Company. 101 Dalmatian. Cinderella was just okay. Um, yeah. Cinderella almost made it on my worst because it would follow the all a man will save me ploy and I have to be beautiful. Yeah, that's why I love Maleficent so much. Frig- Aladdin 2 is good. I didn't mean not to include Aladdin because I really do truly think that the first and third one are some of the best like Disney. There was just too much. Brittany, there's just too much. There's just too much. Too much. Oh, man. This is so many. By the way, really quick before we hop off and, you know, do our sign-off and everything, I'm, like, looking at the Disney thing and getting, like, really nostalgic here. But, so, Hunchback of Notre Dame, right? You've seen Hunchback of Notre Dame, right? And you feel like everyone has to have. Did you know that it's based off of a really, like, messed up book? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was in high school, I, like, went to read it. And I think I got pretty far, but I was like, oh, this is dark. 
They like like Disney did that a lot, right? Like with the Little Mermaid, with the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, where they were like, "Let's take these really gruesome tales, but make them fun." <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Oh, these fairy tales." Well, you know, German the German people are well known for having fucked up stories, and a lot of our stories comes from the Germans. So, I won't make a comment there, but Brittany, it what? has been amazing. <laughs> no, no. I won't make a dark comedic uh, comment. Okay. Uh, I got you. I got you. But Brittany, it's been amazing having you on to break down this list. It's been so much fun, and I'm glad that you suggested this. Please plug your shit for everyone and let us know what we have to look forward to. I was going to say, you can always find me at Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. I ate sushi on stream last time, and that was pretty amazing. And we played The Sims. Now, I still got to figure out what to do after creating the characters because I get slightly stuck because I'm oh. like, what next? You just pretty much make them all cheat on each other and get pregnant. I, That's what I do. All right. Oh, I made <laughs> the main character from The Last of Us. <laughs> and it makes me happy, and I'm like, I kind of want to boot up the game now. Thanks a lot, Tia. I might play some Sims after we get off of here. But I will be streaming tomorrow. I'm not sure what time yet. Maybe about uh, 6 p. Well, this is going to come afterwards, so. Yeah, this is coming out on Sunday. <laughs> but you could probably, if you're listening to this Sunday or Monday, I normally stream Monday if I can't stream Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I don't know. This, whatever. We're, we're going to stream forever. We're going to have a lifetime stream. A but lifetime stream. A lifetime stream. Itty Bitty Brit Zero um, for Twitter. And that's about what I got. Yeah, so last night I went on Sims to play a little and Polly was like, oh, look, they have a vampire expansion and I was like yeah that's the one that Brittany was playing I love it but it's like $19 and I paid less for the actual freaking game so yeah but um please everyone make sure that you go to our YouTube page which is Geek Vibes Podcast because we have an interview with Brittany herself here so make sure you check that out subscribe like it and all that shit Make sure you check us out at geekvibesnation.com. We have all of our podcast link there, all of our news articles, movie reviews, opinion pieces, and of course shows where all of our social media platforms are, where you can find me as well, Tia Faby. And on Monday, we are revealing something very exciting, so make sure you guys check that out. And Please let us know what you think are some of the best and worst Disney movies, and maybe we should do a Disney watch party sometime, but we'll Look see about that. <laughs> but, Brittany, thank you so much again for being here with me, and I hope everyone who is listening, hope you had a great 4th of July weekend, happy Independence Day, and all that shit. <laughs> You'll have a great rest of the day. Bye.